we've been going through material called Know Your Bible Better, which you can download at the website ntmi.net. This is the fifth video in that series, and this is uh, chapter four in the book at page 35. And in this section, we want to provide you with one of the most powerful tools for reading and studying the Bible. And that tool is called exegesis. Now, don't let that word scare you. It's actually not very difficult to understand. Exegesis means to draw the meaning out from a text in accordance with its context and plain meaning. In other words, the, the plain meaning of its author, the person who wrote it. In other words, you seek to read what it actually says. That's all exegesis means is I'm going to read what this is actually saying and not read into the text, not read my presumptions, my assumptions, my preconceived notions, my presuppositions, and so on and so forth into what the text is saying, but rather draw its original meaning out. So you can understand the opposite of exegesis, which is called Eisegesis, which means I do read into the text my own ideas and the meaning I think is the text, and the meaning of the text is actually what I think it means rather than what it actually means. So you bring your own prejudice, your bias, your agenda to the text and try and use it to prove something that you really already believe. That's obviously not what you want to do. There will be no change if you do that. There will be no transformation. You will get nothing out of the Bible and you will be reading what you wanted to say, and you can even use that against others in very helpful ways. So learning to do exegesis, learning to read what the scripture is actually saying, is a bit like learning to drive. It's slow and deliberate as you begin, but as time goes on, you will just do it quite naturally. So the first key to proper exegesis is to always remember to make it Christ-centered. In other words, Anything that leads you away from Christ and toward man or the devil, toward fear, not to faith, anything that leads you away from Christ is not of God. So we've covered this up in the course up until now. We've looked at the central message of the Bible and the central application of the Bible. But remember that, that it must be Christ-centered and draw you to Christ in faith, any interpretation that you're dealing with or that you're thinking about. The second key is to understand the purpose, the purpose of the Bible, which is to reveal God's character and his plan of salvation to us and transform us through his word to be more like him in our character, restoring the image of God in us that he created in mankind in Genesis 1. We've also covered this in this course after now, and if this is the first video you're watching, I invite you to download the book, go to the course, or to watch the videos, and before this one. The third key for exegesis is to use scripture to interpret scripture. So while the Bible contains 66 different books of different genres, written in different places and contexts and times, it is still remarkably consistent. Therefore, if you can find the same idea or theme or doctrine in other parts of scripture, you can use those parts of scripture to uncover the part of scripture that perhaps you're grappling with or studying or reading right now, rather than just making a guess. So exegesis is something you don't learn by knowing, but it's something you learn by doing, like driving a car. So what we're gonna do now in this video and the next video is we're actually gonna go through an exercise 
of exegesis. So this video might not be very entertaining to watch, but it will just help guide you through the exercise, which you can begin to find on page 37 of this material that we're going through called Know Your Bible Better. And what we're going to be looking at is Genesis 1. Start right at the beginning. And here's what Genesis 1 says from verse 1 to 3. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, I recommend that you actually get yourself some paper, get your Bible, sit down, pause this video or this recording, and uh, get everything that you need as we go through this exercise. Turn to Genesis 1, read verse 1 to 3 again to yourself, and we will begin. Verse continues and says, And God said, Let there be light, and there were always light. And now look at verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. Let's ask a question here. As we read these words, Genesis 1, 1 to 3, and verse 27, what truth do you take away from them? Write down your answers. Pause the video if you need to, and write down your answers. Read them for longer if you need to, read them slowly, and then write down your answers when you're ready. Yeah, a couple of things to consider. In this one verse of scripture, there are several ideas being addressed. Firstly, we see God as creator. So we know that we're not the result of some random chance or some cosmic fight between gods or the seating of aliens. Secondly, God creates through the power of his words. Thirdly, God created us in his image. Fourthly, male and female together reflects this image of God. So each of these four things to consider, maybe you found others, are deep messages in the Bible that contain marvelous truths. One of them will more than likely scratch basically where you itch. For example, if you're going through some marriage trouble or are thinking of marriage, the study of male and female together made in the image of God is a fantastic Bible study that you'll want to explore. But what we're going to study now um, is, is, is the study we'll go through now will help you understand the differences between exegesis and eisegesis, between reading what the scripture actually says or reading into the scripture what we think it says, and to explore as well the main topic of this course, which is the Word of God and its power. So what we'll be doing is examining the popular doctrine taught in Genesis 1 today and deciding if the doctrine as it is often taught is correct or not correct. So the doctrine addresses... Uh, the second thing I mentioned about that God creates through the power of his words. And the logic works in this way. Follow this closely. First read the scripture again, Genesis 1, 1, 2, 3, and verse 27. And then follow the logic of this doctrine that is often taught. 1. God spoke, and through the power of his words, the world and the universe were created. See that in Genesis. Number 2. We can conclude... Therefore, that God's words have power. They have power to create. Number three, we can see that this power includes the ability to create, to change, to transform, to bring chaos into order, we see in Genesis, and to create resources, etc. Then we see, number four, that God made man in his own image. Draw the conclusion, therefore, that man, being made in the image of God, 
And if God's words have power, therefore man's words have power. And we conclude God's word is the, has the power to create, change, transform, bring chaos into order, uh, create resources, etc. Therefore, the words of man can do the same. So the conclusion from this presented doctrine taken from these verses is that your words have power. And the application of that is that positive words will bring positive results. Negative words will bring negative results. You must therefore speak positive words over others and yourself in order to see, in order to see positive results in your life and theirs. And if you, put, if you speak negative words over yourself and others, you put curses on you put sorry you put curses on your life and that of others. Now this seems like a logical conclusion and application from what we read in Genesis. Very logical, but is it correct? Is it an example of exegesis reading what the scripture is saying, or eisegesis reading into the scripture what we think? So write down now what you think initially. What do you think right now? Write down. And then write down how you've come to this conclusion that you're thinking right now, before studying the scripture. Now, maybe you've not write anything because you hadn't come to a conclusion yet. Great. So let's come to a conclusion. If you have studied the spawn, you have, sorry, if you have studied the spawn before and you have conclusion, do this exercise anyway so that you have a documented reason for your conclusion. So he has a couple of things to help you as you study this portion of scripture, Genesis 1, 1, 2, 3, verse 27, and draw a doctrine out of it. This is an exercise in exegesis. Firstly, pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Never approach scripture and study with as intellectual exercise alone. Converse with God as you study scripture. In the second video of the series, the second recording, we went through that. Number two, context which we worked, worked through in the third section, on the third, in the third video of the series. As we read scripture, remember the five W's and the one H of journalism. So what is the five W's and the one H of journalism? Pretty simple. Ask what, why, where, who, when, and how. See? Five W's, one H. What is being said? Why is it being said? Where is it being said? Or did it take place? Who is involved? When was it said? How is it being said? Write your answers down. And thirdly, observe. Observe your own reaction to this passage. What's going on in this passage? What is going on with you? As you read it, write that down and ask yourself, what doesn't make sense? What doesn't sit right with me? Why is that word, that phrase, or that paragraph there? Does something seem odd or out of place? Who is that person? And for what reason is he or she there? Now, these are the questions and things you can do with any portion of scripture. We go through the exercise right by for Genesis 1, 1, 2, 3, but the point is to remember this exercise or any other portion of scripture. Now remember these techniques are vital when you read scripture. The fourth thing to also do is look. Look at which other scriptures address the topic we're talking about. Remember, scripture interprets scripture. 
So for example, where is the power of words mentioned elsewhere in the Bible? Where else is creation mentioned? Where else does the Bible speak of God's image? These are vast topics. So some tools to help you, your own reading and your own memory. Perhaps there's a verse you remember, but you don't know where to find it. Look it up using the next three methods. The old school ways, use a chain reference Bible. This is pages at the back of the Bible that list specific topics in alphabetical order and uh, links together scriptures that use this topic. So in this case, you could look up words, see what you find. So you can look up words like creation, words, um, or a word of scripture that you remember and see we, how you can find it with links into the scripture in Genesis 1. The new school way is to use the internet or a Bible app. You could simply Google scriptures about the power of words or use a topical index function at a reputable website like BibleKWay.org or you try Bible.org or BibleHub.com. Yeah, you can look up some phrases from in scripture that you might remember as well. Write these scriptures down, come back, add them into your study. Or you can do the old school in a new school way by buying an electronic version of a chain reference Bible or buying one in an app such as the Olive Tree Bible app. The thing to do then is to meditate. Meditate simply means to think about something deeply, regularly, and chew on it, and come back to it again and again through various means. So what I mean by meditate is not Eastern meditation. The word meditation or meditate has more than one meaning. So you might think of it to simply let the words become so important to you that you dedicate a lot of time thinking about them and coming back to them regularly. Always get to remember that Eastern meditation is about emptying your mind. Christian meditation is about filling your mind with God's word. Psalm 119 shows how David meditates upon scripture. He says he will talk about it, sing it, hear it, read it, day in, day out, always, and think nothing about God's word. The Hebrew words of meditation refer to speaking, humming, music and muttering and murmuring, even groaning. So you can see this is not an emptying of your mind. This is like a wrestling and, a, and remunerating and, and allowing scripture, chewing on it, thinking about it, and letting it work through your life. It's a very different thing. So meditate on the scripture, Genesis 1, 1 to 3, verse 27, and see what it is you uncover. Keep talking to God about it and let the Holy Spirit be a part of this process in your heart. Go through this exercise as I've outlined it, find in the material we're going through know your bible better and in the next video we will go through a study of that scripture and see if when you come to the conclusions you've come to how they line up to other conclusions and so on and so forth